Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. Have you ever had an argument with your partner and you wanted to make up with them but you didn't know how to go about it. And when you approach your partner, you just mess it up even more again. Christine Grant is a 20 years experienced family therapist and is today with us sharing her book, The Relationship, How to Write the Words You Really Want to Say. A beautiful, heartfelt guide to create a more conscious and meaningful connection with the people you love. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Rebecca, I love being here and I think you're amazing. So thank you for having me on your show. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Tell us a bit about how you came to do what you're doing today. Well, as you mentioned, I was a family marriage and family therapist for many years and also an educational psychologist. I've studied within the realms of uh, alternative healing, energy, and I have a background in art and creativity. So I like to take a bite out of life. And I think through my life experiences, um, all of the training in human development, development and psychology, and my joy for helping others led me to this sort of special way. It's, it's, as we say in America, sort of off the cuff, you know, out of the box uh, modality for helping people to very quickly, not this long drawn out, let's go to therapy every week, month in, month out. No. And uh, what it, what it boils down to is this. I had a neighbor once ask me, she was dating this man. She really wanted to be married and start a new life. Her kids were nearly grown. And she said, I met the most wonderful man. And he checks off on all the boxes. He's perfect, except one thing. What's that? Well, I don't want to kiss him. What? No, I keep waiting for that chemistry, that feeling, that ooh-la-la to show up, and it's not there. And, uh, and it hurts me because I really like him. I, I don't want to dismiss him from my life. I'd like to keep him as a friend. I have a brotherly, sisterly kind of feel towards him, and I never want to hurt his feelings. So I said, well, if you really care about him, you speak the truth. And you tell him what's really going on, right? And uh, she said, I know you're right, you're right, but I, I'm just not very good at that. I'd probably end up feeling very embarrassed. And again, I don't want to hurt his feelings. And I think it's more stressful me trying to do that. I don't know what to do. I'm really tied up in knots. So I said, okay, I understand. And she said, you know what? He sent me flowers today. I even feel worse. So I said, that's okay. I understand. Um, Why don't you maybe get a nice, pretty card and write your thoughts and how much you you really appreciate him and you're glad to have met him and, and really be very clear and give it to him. 
And she said, that's a great idea. So she wrote a note. She showed it to me. And Rebecca, it was a lie. What the note said was, hi, um, I, I really like you, but I am terrible at relationships. I suck at relationships. I don't want a relationship. You don't want to be in a relationship with me, but we could be friends. And I said, wow, you know, karma will follow because if we don't really own our truth, then I think we are led to more experiences where we are put on the spot until we learn that lesson. We cannot lie and, and really um, deceive people and ourselves. So I wrote the note. I tore up what she had. I wrote a note and she looked at it and said, oh my goodness, this is absolutely perfect. She gave it to him and they did remain friends um, as far as I know to this day. And he ended up marrying a lovely lady about, well, some years later. But um, this woman, this neighbor kept asking me for more letters for other situations, for other relationships, not only in the romance, but in other areas. The next thing I'm getting phone calls from people and even people coming from other countries saying, I just got off a cruise. I really need a letter. And uh, I love it. I love helping people through the frequency of words. So yes, we can have a conversation and, and, and conversations are amazing. But what if you're in an awkward conversation? What if you end up in a what's called a power struggle? What if you or the other person doesn't want to hear it or they run away or they play the making you wrong game? What a letter does is it actually gives the other person receiving the letter time to really think and contemplate the message to uh, reread it, to absorb it, and then to respond. So that it's an easier way, in my experience, for telling the truth. You can follow it up with more conversation, but it definitely opens that door. So that's how it started. (laughs) I I love, I love it. I love what you said, the frequency of words, um, Yes, Christine. Is this how how you, is this what led you to write the book, the relationship? Yes, actually. Um, so I've been, as I said, writing these letters, and I've to date written, um, I think, over four hundred and fifty letters, last count. And uh, because of the quick results and the amazing results, and it's it crosses all realms. It could be um, a a marriage or a a committed partnership that needs to be, the spark has gone away and they need to get past old resentments or feeling bored or routine and move it into passion, romance, and better communication to have that kind of emotional intimacy we strive for. It could be somebody that is going through a separation or divorce. Now, when we do that, um, is it okay to carry the emotional bag of anger, resentment, 
and even perhaps have your children suffering because the two parents aren't getting along. So we can really restore respect and congeniality and a sense of family even with kids, despite a separation or divorce. Uh, Blended families is another issue. When someone remarries, the children, the uh, other family members may even disapprove or resent or be suspicious of the new wife or the new husband? What is their motive? Oh, now she's going to get dad's money or whatever. Those things can be cleared. Uh, friendship fallouts, estrangement, people that haven't spoken for, for years and years. And this is actually one of the most prolific letter requests I receive. So many people have lost touch with family members, loved ones. And even in today's social climate, it could be over, you know, uh, politics or, or health um, matters that people have become disengaged. Uh, But I've actually helped people that haven't uh, spoken in as long as 16 years 30 years even, and with one law, they're back in each other's life. I also help people with eulogies. That's your final message, or maybe your wedding vows or a special occasion. So, but with the letter writing, I had to write the book because it, I want to help others to really learn how they themselves can upgrade their communication skills by moving out of their ego, out of their own way. I have an ego, we all have an ego, and the ego sometimes can get in the way to in order to protect us, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to feel as vulnerable. But when we can shed that and move past that and come to the higher heart and the truth, miracles happen that's right i love it christine i love what you said from god pardon me yeah i love what you just said many of my clients uh, who have some women who have this predominant masculine energy so well developed they planning all day organizing stuff in task mode all the time you know thinking spending a lot of time in their heads and they don't like to be vulnerable. They they equal being vulnerable uh, to being weak. Mm. Tell them, yeah. So so that is an interesting perception, isn't it? What if vulnerable? What if it meant open? What if it meant sensitive? It doesn't mean that you that you. Um, why do I have to give up me to be loved by you? As they say. You don't. You honor yourself always, forever and ever, and uh, and through that honoring, you you open yourself to love and to life. Um, you can have physical intimacy. You can have a, a lifestyle of vacations and homes and all of that. But if you don't have that real sense of vulnerability, which means I open my heart, I'm sharing, and and it's a two-way street. The partner you're with, to have that ultimate 
OMG relationship, you both must be vulnerable. So you cannot be afraid of one another and you can't be afraid of yourself. Often people will find themselves in these patterns where they eventually come up with assertions such as, oh, all men cheat, or uh, women are just after your money, or, uh, uh, you know, or uh, I'll never be enough, or um, yeah, it's, it's better to be, uh, you know, uh, to be the, to be the boss in the household. That way nobody can tell me what to do. You know, and, and so what, what that's doing is actually robbing you. I put it this robbing you of living your life to the fullest and being who you are. I always use this analogy. If you had a child and your child whom you love completely and unconditionally, right? Mm -hmm. And you are cherished that child. If that child grew up and came to you and said, mom or dad, uh, I'm having this situation in my relationship. What would you tell your child? And if you use that as it's a great tool, it's a wonderful tip. If you're confronted with a decision or you're, um, you just are so confused or upset or frustrated. Just pretend you have this child that comes to you and says, is this situation okay? Or what? I don't know what to do. And let me tell you, if the situation is not good enough for that child, it's not good enough for you. So you can reflect on what your issue is. Pretend you have a child and look at the child and that will help you to find the clarity as well. I love it, Christine. This is great. What would you say then to a woman who, who let's say a businesswoman, this is typical what I have, um, a businesswoman whose partner um, needs a little bit of mothering, you know, like uh, looking after him because he, he, let's say I had this client, she didn't want to let him lend him her car because he destroyed his car. She knew he could potentially do the same to her car. She had an amazing job. She left the job because she wanted to have children. She trusts her partner. And now her partner is going to lose his, her job, his job. He's, going, he's just lost his car. And she just can't rely on him. And, and she doesn't like to be vulnerable. She doesn't like to let go of this control. She, she just wants to be this, this mother, you know, dedicated to her children. But she's just now thinking that she wants to go back to work to get the income that she was having before because, you know, she's lost her job. She's going to lose her car. Her partner is in a mess. And by the way, he doesn't look after, he doesn't help in the house. He doesn't support her with the children. <laughs> How does this woman trust, let go of control? What would she say to her little inner child? Oh my gosh. So if she had her, if her daughter came up and told you the same story, their daughter, hey mom, you know, I'm with um, uh, my partner 
um, Joe and Joe, he wrecked his car. And, and, and so I lent him my car and I, I really want to go back to work. And I, he, you know, now he doesn't have a job. He doesn't even help around at the house and, but I love him. And it kind of feels good. I, I think I'm the boss of the house actually, you know, I mean, what do you think, mom? She would say, listen, get it straight. <laughs> First of all, because you're a woman, in my opinion, women are extremely powerful because, um, and, and I, I love men. Okay. I really love men and I love men because they are not so difficult. You can draw to you a difficult sort of guy, uh, who's compli- complicated or narcissistic, the narcissistic ones, the self-centered ones, the ones that it's all about me, or they lead you on and then they, you know, they gaslight you or they, they all of a sudden disappear for a while. All those games. Look at the backstory. That person is not, has not come into their maturity of their soul. They are wounded. It was a childhood wound probably along the way. I always look at when I, um, for a man or a woman, whoever, you know, I will advise a man or a woman, look at how was your partner raised? What was the relationship like with their parent? And if you, it sounds like this lady you're talking about feels comfortable in being the leader in, in, in the sense of being, you know, the one that, uh, is empowered. Excuse me. That's right. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but in the but re, in the reality, it's like she has a teenager, yeah. and if that's and that is a choice. So sometimes we have to draw back from the movie that you have cast yourself in and say, "Is this good enough? Is this really um, okay? Am I joyful in this?" Or am I, is my soul just needing to feel like I'm in control? I'm the head of the house. And that's my most important value. What are your values? Uh, For myself, I think that, and it sounds to me, uh, this woman you're describing has put a lot of energy. It's almost like she's running out of steam or will if it keeps up. So how about replenishing who you are? Relationships are give and take. It is a business. There are two people investing in the business. And sometimes, yes, a business, you compromise a bit. You never compromise your values. That's the difference. But it is give and take. And uh, the relationship has to be nurtured. So it sounds like, She's mama and he's the teenager and she has other kids. And uh, I hope that she will listen to what I'm saying because she's worth it. She's worth giving herself the chance to receive, to be cared for. I, I, it feels to me that she needs nurturing and, and before she runs out of her own chi energy, on everyone else. She needs to find ways to replenish. What has she done for herself? How does she take a time out? What, what makes her feel good? And uh, I think looking at the relationship, they may have to draw up a new agreement if it is to thrive at all. 
and uh, perhaps change change the characters, the uh, cast in the movie that's playing out, unless she wants to eventually get old and and drained and and even ill. You know, definitely. I love it. Uh, what you're saying, Christine. How many clients come to me already having? Physical pains all over, depression, and a lot of stuff going on, physical, as you said, which comes mm, many times from this uh, emotional tension, as you say, as you're describing. Yes, exactly. That is, you know, disease usually starts, as they say, um, maybe your audience won't agree, but my studies, they say, yes, that. Um, It starts with a thought, a mindset, then it moves into the emotional body, you know, where you say you start feeling sad or depressed or angry. And then if it stays there long enough, that stagnant negative energy starts to erode into your physical being. So that is theory. Uh, It seems to hold true in what I've seen um, in the world to a large degree. I definitely, that's right. Agree completely. So what I got another question, Christine. This is a very good one. Do you believe relationships can last forever? Yes, I do believe they can last forever. And I have known people that yes, are, uh, I had a client recently, uh, boy, she'd been, she's and her husband have been married 50 five years. Wow. Yeah, I know. And there are going to be rocks in the road. I do believe that um, relationships are our teachers. And when we have the struggle or the strife or the, you know, oh my gosh, the quote problem, perceived problem, those are opportunities to move through it, past it and heal it and really upgrade the relationship. There are no relationships that will never have issues. If that's the case, then I don't think you're being that really close and real. So we learn about ourselves. We evolve through relationship, including relationship hurdles. Now um, there, I'm not going to say, oh yes, every relationship is good for life. You know, sometimes we learn enough and it's almost like our soul contract says it's over. I think other people, it's, it's really almost, again, I go back into what, who are you and what is, what is your journey? What is, why are you here? Why, what's your soul all about? What are you here to learn? And are you here to learn about love and intimacy and joy? And what do I need to move through? And how can I even teach another by my example. So it's the brave person that wishes to explore. We all can turn to the making you wrong game and blame someone else, but it does take two to tango as they say. And so it's really looking about what role you've played, how you are being, and sometimes the discernment or the aha, the wake up call is this partner this husband, this wife is not the right person for me. And because your relationship doesn't last, doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't. Yes. Ideally 
The love is there for life. And God willing, you find someone that wants to go on the journey with you. With you. That is a beautiful thing. I love that. With you. That's right. Mm -hmm. What would you say, Christine, to a woman or a man whose partner has cheated on them and is feeling hurt and not knowing what to do? Children, mortgage, years together, all gone the, se the second they discover what was going on. Okay. Again, that's, there's no like, you know, I'm going to wave a wand and say, okay, this is absolute because every relationship has its story and its intricacies. So uh, sometimes, and, and can you forgive someone who's cheated on you? Well, that depends on you and your, and your level of forgiveness. I think, um, I think if it, you know, if somebody, you have all of this investment, children, home, life, life together, history, and the other person crosses the line and cheats on you, it really is up to you and your value system. I can't preach to anyone. Uh, for myself, I would um, look at what happened. What's the backstory here? Why was the cheating? I think that's the important first step because, again, you're going to learn about, you know, how, um, the the other person, what they're going through. Sometimes, uh, what I've noticed working with clients, it's not about the man. We'll just say a husband cheating on a wife. It's not necessarily that he doesn't love his wife anymore, but he has other feels pressured on his job or he there's been uh, a death and I've seen these death in the, in the family or some other way where he is not emotionally able to deal with what is at hand. So his idea of problem solving is running away into the arms of someone else for that sense of uh, relief or um, um, like, turning a channel, like they're, they're putting on the ignore button to what's real. That's a possibility. If somebody is cheating on you uh, and they're not being honest, that's another layer of it. You know, somebody's de deceiving you. It is betrayal. That's true. Can it, is it doomed? Healed? Not necessarily. Um, and every relationship is different. Every, you cannot, it's like fingerprints. You can't duplicate. So I can't judge, but you have to really to thine own self be true. But I urge everyone to look at the backstories, the whys and the wherefores. I did have a woman whose husband cheated on her. They were married for years. And when we did an exploration, we discovered he cheated on her when their daughter died suddenly. And he was a very quiet man. He wasn't one that expressed himself easily. So he had this affair and then he told his wife about it. And she was extremely angry. And as we talked about earlier, she became physically ill and uh, heartbroken. And she wrote a letter to I actually helped her to write a letter to this husband and they were able to heal. They actually went on a second honeymoon and he was in tears telling her how much he loved her 
and he wrote her his love letter. So because there's an affair, it could be a distraction or it could be something else. And that's something that requires exploration. I urge anyone, do not go into a knee jerk reaction, you know, pull back, look at the whole picture and, and be kind of a detective into the whys and wherefores, and also take note of what you might be learning from this never to be repeated again. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And also talking about forgiveness, Christine, uh, it's really important this uh, forgiveness taking place. Otherwise, how could we move on? Uh, if, if, if somehow a part of us, uh, of ourselves, is still stuck in blame. Yes. When we're stuck in blame, Rebecca, who suffers? Who really suffers? The other person goes on their merry way or maybe not so merry way, but they're off doing their affair or their life or they're, you know, rebuilding their after the divorce or whatever it is they've got, but you, (laughs) but the other person left behind that's been so wronged, who's been emotionally injured, who's been emotionally assaulted by this, you know, husband stepping out, what have you, using this as an example, unless you're able to forgive, let go, learn, and bless it out, as they say, guess what? You're going to end up with a hunchback because you're going to be carrying so much emotional baggage. Lighten the load and be it. That is a kindness to yourself. Truly. Let go of the emotional bag. Be okay. So you're right. You were the good guy. He was the jerk. Okay. Got it. But does that mean that you're going to be like moving through life with all this broken hearted depression? Perhaps the chapter ended. You start a new chapter, a beautiful one. And you are the wiser, more powerful for it doesn't make you like paranoid. Oh, all men now are cheaters, as I said, but it it may open your eyes and you have to find out whether or not you share the values with someone. Get that nailed down really quick. Character is key. A good character. I love it. Um, I love that, Christine. And talking about um, chapters and closing chapters, is there any case where it would be possible, positive for us to take our partner's lack of loyalty a little bit personally to some extent? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Okay, no problem. Is there any case where it would be positive for us, the person who has been cheated on, okay, Mm -hmm. so um, to take our partner's lack of loyalty a little bit personally to some extent, Is there anything that we need to learn from that so we can actually close that chapter effectively? Um, Yeah, it could be that you do a review and say, all right, why was I attracted to this man to begin with? What what was it? Where were my blind spots? Um, what What was the illusion that I was under? And rather than beating yourself up, Sometimes it's because you just have a very tender heart 
And the narcissist, if you will, is attracted to that very sensitive, tender-hearted person who may have tendencies to be what they call codependent. Now people go, oh, codependent, that's terrible. Well, I think some, a measure of codependency is really a good thing because what if the world didn't care about anyone but themselves? And that's, so it's, but it's keeping that uh, kind of uh, in balance. So you don't want to be, um, for example, uh, your partner saying, uh, what have you done for me lately? And you coming back with what else can I do for you, honey? You know, so it's really about balancing. If you, uh, if your, if your relationship dissolves over someone who cheats on you or, or is turns out to be abusive in any way, um, yes, draw back and come back into your, um, your higher heart, that preciousness, even go back to when you were little and what kind of child were you and what did you need and how did you express and what, what could be possible now, now that you're grown up again, it, the person that is abusive, whether through cheating or physical or emotional abuse, or, or they're just boring and they're not, you know, connected in the relationship, they're, you know, off work, work, workaholic, and they don't feed the relation, whatever the case may be, realize that that sometimes it's a, okay, you know, that song next, you know, it's so it's like, um, been there, done that. And I don't want to repeat this. So it's not to make you paranoid, but aware there's a differentiation between those concepts. So being aware of what really works for you, what you need and what you are willing and wanting to provide in relationship in the business of creating a relationship is very important. That's part of the truth seeking that you need. Again, the blame game going through life. It's all about, he was awful jerk, da, 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 four letter words, whatever. (laughs) What is that? How is that serving you? Let it go. Gather the knowledge and the wisdom. Feel empowered. Laugh even about it. If you can, one day you will. And, um, and know that we create our own story. Don't shut yourself out from your best outcome, your best possibilities. Hmm, that's amazing. Could, could there be any positive intention behind the contrast, Christine? The contrast that we see between people acting based on love and people acting based on fear creating a lot of pain on others. Yes. Yes, exactly. So love is letting go of fear. We've heard that before. And so people have an idea of love because it looks nice. And, you know, everybody loves to be, you know, have that physical attraction and all of that that goes with that. Right. But, but to really feel like I am free to be me in a, in a partnership and what I'm not perfect and he's not perfect. 
And together we, we are on a journey to, to really have each other's back. I think someone asked me recently, um, what is the most endearing quality that someone could have in a relationship? My answer, kindness. What if both people in that union, in that relationship were kind? What would that feel like? What would that look like? That would be, it would, your heart, you can almost feel your heart expanding, just, just contemplating that notion of two kind hearted people that really realize the preciousness of what they have. Because it is, everyone looks for love. And with the people that find it, you go, oh my gosh, they're so happy. They're so lucky, right? Well, if you went back into their backstory, their journey may not have always been picture perfect, you know, birds singing in the trees. It may have been, you know, some other um, uh, adventures or um, even um, issues that they've had to work through. But the elements of good character of kindness, respect, cherishing someone, and being in service to one another, feeding that relationship, that's a beautiful thing. I love that. You definitely speak from your heart. What would you say, Christine, that are the biggest challenges, the most typical challenges that people can have in relationships in general and the biggest ones? Okay. I think the biggest challenges in relationships, um, well, there's so many, but (laughs) I I don't mean, yeah, well, every relationship has its own, its, its own characters and story. Uh, biggest challenges in relationships, I think are, uh, fear. I think that's the biggest challenge, uh, fear to tell the truth, fear to share your, your truth, your feelings. Um, uh, and also, um, being, um, being aware and, and conscious of the notion that it's not about how am you know what am i getting out of this what am i getting out of this how is this feeding me but together creating that that relationship i know sounds a little redundant i've mentioned that before um but the biggest challenge i think is is honoring being truthful if you look back at your wedding vows are you living those wedding vows you know uh and and the other thing is 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 allowing the other person to be who they truly are as long as it doesn't cross boundaries, right? Um, but to say, oh, we're the Joneses and this is how we live and this is what we do. No, you're going to create your, um, your, your emotional contract together your, um, and as well as how your, um, how your relationship rolls. So there may be differences. One the other person's a home buddy, but you look and, and look at the values that each of you bring and, um, and there might be, well, I'm not traveling as much and the home buddy, Hey, we actually go on a couple of few vacations a year. 
So it's going to be uh, making those great deals. Um, so again, honesty, telling the truth. And, and when you have emotional intimacy, that enables you to be honest and truthful. Okay. If you don't have it and it's all a show uh, or you say, oh, he only likes me because I have, you know, I'm a size three and I'm, you know, my measurements are this or what, you know, that's, that's, if that's your story, then I'm not going to judge it. But I think there's a lot to be gained by having a whole pictured marriage um, or partnership going into all different avenues of it. So one particular challenge may be not as serious to one couple as another. So it's hard to answer that question. What is the most challenging? Jealousy is, is, a, is a terrible thing. So um, jealousy needs to be resolved if that comes up. That's a very good point. Talking about jealousy, where is the fine line, Christine? Where is the fine line between trusting our intuition when we know that our partner might be cheating on us and gathering proof before we make an accusation or sharing our feelings? Okay, so I think actually uh, putting myself in the shoes of somebody who's been cheated on, I think it's a smart thing to gather information. I don't think just having knee-jerk reactions and blowing, having a big blowout over something that may simply be a misunderstanding or a partial truth and not the whole truth. So help me God. Okay. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is I think it's good to uh, really, um, because that's a heavy thing. Uh, if somebody is cheating, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a huge violation. So I think it is, um, it warrants, uh, finding out the facts as much as you can. Uh, and, uh, if you're unable to confront the person directly, your partner directly, um, about it, you may do, uh, I call them inspired heart letter. And you can simply ask, this is how I'm feeling. Uh, I have come to believe this because of that. Um, I, I need to know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if in fact the partner is cheating and you are being dishonored in that way, then you get to make a choice right there. Uh, is it, is this situation good enough for my inner child? Is it good enough for me? And it may be moving on. Um, if, but, but to find out, uh, the parameters and what's going on is important. Uh, also it's an opportunity as hurtful as the cheating experience is. It's an opportunity before lambasting the, uh, the husband or the partner is to ask them why why and get their interpretation about why it was okay to cheat on you or why they would rather be with someone else than you. Um, I know one woman, her husband was a sex addict. He was actually involved in those swinger parties yeah. and uh, she, he was really good about covering it up. And when she found out Yes, she did the exploration, the verification, and she was 
completely undone and in shock because she felt she'd been lied to on many levels that their life wasn't true. Mm. And they had mutual friends, they had family, extended family, they had gatherings, they had tradition. And then he has this other side. So, um, so she did uh, rather than going off the deep end and getting like a hysterical and, you know, and freaking out you, yes, you may do that. Go up to a mountaintop and scream or whatever. But uh, this lady, um, she actually, um, she actually kind of took a more uh, business-like approach to it and uh, gathered all the facts, looked at, uh, okay, we have children, we have this, we have this or this. uh, And uh, it's not about me. That was the key. She understood that his swinger lifestyle was something, a shoes she could never, would never fill. And it had nothing to do with her. It was his issue. He was sick in her, you know, it, I don't want to throw judgment out there, but it was, um, he didn't line up with her values. Let's put it that way. And it was a deal breaker now to be all up in arms and have your whole life ruined over that because it was a catastrophe. Yes, it was. But to, but for you to continue suffering for that woman to continue suffering, is that a good idea? Why? No, it's hard. Shocks are hard to get through. But when you have a good relationship with yourself, you know, you're, you're worth it. You would like to have a best friend like you. That's where it starts. A lot of people go, oh my gosh, you know, I must've been terrible. He wouldn't have done this if I was more. I... Why are you always making it about you? Could be something ter- totally different. That's right. Okay? That's right. I love that. Definitely. It's a good uh, point. Best friend, we need to be our best friends. It's not all about us. But sometimes we need to learn something about that, but it's not all about us. You know, sometimes I ask a question to my clients, Christine. It's a very tra- challenging question. I ask them, is there anything that you could be, is there anything that you could learn about the person, uh, about the other third person, the person that your partner has been playing with, is there anything that you could learn from that? Uh, possibly, um, possibly. And in my experience of that, the other person is often duped as well. Again, we go back to the sense of ego. So the other woman thinks, yeah, I'm all that and a box of chocolates. He's willing to leave his wife for me. It could be every story is different, but it could be that he's like, well, I like having this, you know, cute lady on the side, but I'm certainly not going to give up my family for her. There's all types of scenarios. It really, um, but so it's, it's, I mean, can you envision like, oh, the man of my dreams, he's married and he's cheating with me. I mean, really think about it. You know, it's I love these. <laughs> I love your sense of humor. It's so true. Well, <laughs> it's total sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it, 
I, I was just going to say, Christine, I also asked my quest, my, my clients, how was your partner? I mean, how, how was this other lady helping your husband to meet his needs? What were you doing when he was not having his needs met? That need, he needed to eat somewhere else. What uh -huh. was happening in there? What do you think? Well, again, it's this is you know th this is a particular question for a audience. All has a different story, but um, sometimes I think that the um, the again I've said it before. This new person is a distraction because let's just hypothetically say the wife. Now the wife, uh, you know, she's the mom. She's the, uh, she helps, uh, make the financial decisions. You know, they have other obligations. They have that side that's not maybe as romantic, um, or sensual even. That's why I think it's important for, for the couples in marriage to pay attention to that. Do not ignore. Oh, I've got so I'm so busy with, you know, keeping it all together that we don't have sex anymore, or we only have it, you know, occasionally. No, that's a priority is your physical, emotional intimacy is part of the package. Otherwise, he could just hire a maid, a housekeeper, you know, a, a secretary, you know, a nanny. So you, you, um, so the wife, I think, should be the queen of her castle. Okay, number one, and um, and that means that you don't let yourself go. You really make sure you are nurtured and. As you can, yes. There, there is the other aspects of marriage. What I'm driving at is this. When the marriage becomes dull, routine, boring, or it's so filled with obligations and responsibilities, it's lost its luster. Then the cute, the cute girl down the hall looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, and it's like fun. And, and that's where, you know, uh, perhaps men feel like they're the king is when they've conquered somebody new. And so, uh, so it's really, I love this part because I think you should never stop dating when you're in a relationship. Okay. And when you stop dating, then what do you got? You know, so, so keeping that romance, that allure, you know, I created that album, my album, um, love letters by Tina Rose, my performer's name. And it's all in love stories about romance and that charge, that energy. What brought you together to begin with? Let's not let that die on the vine. Keep the blossoms open. Yeah. I mean, have fun. Part of your life should not be uh, ex in exchange, fun, responsibility. Have what do you want? Either one? No, I want it all. <laughs> I want it all. I want to grow our family, our life together, and have all the joyful memories. When a couple takes time together to travel, just the two of them, or to date, go out on a romantic, you know, uh, evening out together, try something new that gives it the spice and the spark and something to look forward to. 
So it's again, the business of the relationship and each of you get really clear. Maybe you need to have regular sit downs where you just say, I'm, let's just discuss our, our connection. And there's nothing wrong with admiring the other and giving compliments. Don't be stingy in that department. Hmm. That really helps. Yeah. And we also definitely need to allow those compliments, by the way, which many women find it hard. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Would you tell your daughter? Here we go back to that analogy. Oh, but mommy's complimenting me all the time. I can't. I don't know what to do. I know what to do. You open your heart, you open your arms, you open your lips even <laughs> to say thank you so much. Yes, thanks for noticing. <laughs> Some women have this low self-esteem issue, you know, very ingrained. They don't allow their partners to give compliments. Mm. They, yeah. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine if you're with somebody and you're not quote allowed to give them a compliment, mm -hmm. you can only look at them, admire them, but you can't say every time I see those eyes of yours, I just feel like I'm falling in them, you know, or, or, uh, I just, I love it when we're together and we just cuddle and I just, I love the smell of the scent of your skin. I mean, just something Or I love, I love the way that you're so creative, or I love the way that you organize our home. My goodness, you're such a great mom. Compliments are an expression of love and admiration. Mm. And again, we go back to that word kindness. Yeah. I don't want to be in some stingy relationship where there's rules about being, you know, having wonderful adventures and experiences and, and, and that closeness, that sensuality, that sense of joie de vivre and fun. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody out in the audience of yours does want that. I doubt it. Why deprive ourselves? That's right. You only have this life. You only have this life right now. Hmm. Enjoy your life on purpose. Okay. Don't, don't put the ignore button on. <laughs> and, and Christine, how could someone recover from the heart, the, the heart ache of having been betrayed? So they don't project those fears into future relationships. Okay. Um, I'm going to just, I didn't think I would, but I'll just say from personal experience, I've been through this. Okay. And so I, I really understand what that feels like. And it is sad. And in a way it's a death. Okay. So, um, when someone you love dies, do you wear black for the rest of your life? Or do you have gratitude for the good times, the fond memories and the learning curve that was available for you when it happened to me? I was heartbroken. So I totally, and I think that's important to really get in touch, not deny the grief. It's like a, it's like a death, but to stay in grief is a dishonoring, a disservice to yourself, to your soul. 
you know, if God made us and, and made us in as part of the divine that we are connected to, don't let that down. You are more than that. Sometimes our strength comes from moving through the painful parts of life, getting to the other side of it and having even compassion along with forgiveness for the person that betrayed you. I know that's a hard, hard notion to swallow or to really comprehend. But again, if you go into their backstory, why? And if you make it about, I wasn't good enough, you're wrong. You were chosen to begin with. You chose one another. Okay. You are more than good enough. So whatever uh, out of balance, emotional fatigue, confusion, or um, historical perceptions that your husband or partner has is not necessarily anything to do with you. Having said that, you can look at how, gee, did I contribute to this in some way? Uh, well, and you can, you can acknowledge that if that's the case. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes people can't handle that emotional intimacy. It becomes too much. So they distract. Yeah. I've said it before. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so really, I understand. I understand what that feels like. Uh, it's not easy. But again, give yourself the gift of loving yourself enough, life, and believe in new possibilities. Because someday you're going to look back at your life and you're going to look back at your choices and to hold yourself in emotional lockdown, put yourself in some kind of jail, punishing yourself, which is what happens when we don't let go of that sorrow, grief, anger, blame, game stuff. Um, that is sad to me. Get back into what you enjoyed as a child. What were your innate gifts and delights and and put some energy in that move to a different vibration is what I want to say. It is possible. Amazing. What are some bells of wisdom regarding divorce? Okay. With divorce again, um, just as I said, you know, you don't want to drag the entrails of the icky divorce and that whole process with you, but looking at bigger pictures, if you have children or extended family, you've been married a while, you know, um, you love your in-laws or your, you know, whatever. Uh, if you decide to divorce, can it be possible to still show up at important family celebrations or events and get along? And how would that be if you have children? How would that be for them? You know, to know that mom and dad, even though they're divorced, they're both at my graduation. They're both at my I, theater performance. They're both here for me, for my siblings. 
we're still a family. It's hard on children. Divorce can be very hard. And what happens is the power struggle, whether it's through financial uh, division or child custody, you know, people can get very honorary, very nasty and uh, way out of balance with that. Look at the bigger picture and look at what's true. Um, If you can manage to have a friendly rapport, even after divorce, it could actually be a really good thing. So even though the marriage didn't work out, and I, you know, I'm sure you exhausted all possibilities, and it's just not meant to be that chapter on the marriage between you closed, and uh, moving on uh, with a new uh, sense of new creation creativity for your next episode in life is is really a good thing that sounds good exactly uh christine yeah i love the idea of still being friends we just simply shift gears just change the form but we don't necessarily need to break up apart maybe yeah we just change the the situation you change the situation and you still can you know you can still honor the things that you fell in love with that person to begin with you know maybe they um you shared common interests or um you know you had uh adventures together or you know you have wonderful um experiences and memories and you know down to the love making whatever it is Uh, that you appreciated about that story, that movie that you went through. And, um, and, and if you can truly just let it go and wish yourself well as, as well and move forward, that's great. So animosity, holding animosity, you know, finding some sort of glee if the other person's life doesn't work out. Ha ha. I won you lose. Ha ha. Okay, that's great. That's like a, you know, okay, yeah, all right. How long are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. And where does mm-hmm. that, when we, do you know what charisma is? Charisma is the energy we carry. If somebody walks into a room, they don't have to be the most attractive person, but everybody wants to get to know them because there's this lightness of being, there's this charge of energy. You can't put your finger on it, but it's like, who is that? Yeah. Right? That person most likely has a joyful heart. They have a, you know, they're, they're fun. They, um, they, they don't take life perhaps as seriously even. You know, sometimes we take everything so seriously and it's like, you know, doom or gloom or, oh my God, I failed, I failed. No, it was a chapter. I moved through it. I learned from it. Thank you for that. I'm divorced. My ex-husband to this day calls me the love of his life. Mm -hmm. I had every reason to be, I'll never speak to you again. Why would I do that? I looked at the aspects of who he is and how he relates to uh, the rest of the family, et cetera. Uh, how he is as a father, grandfather, even now. So um, 
why would I dismiss all of that and cut myself off from the joy of having um, I love those that. precious moments? Yeah. That's look at bigger good. pictures. Exactly. Don't get narrow-minded. Don't, don't look at life through a microscope. Broaden the lens. Broaden the lens. Honor yourself. Broaden the lens. It's a very good point. I love that. What would you want to cut of that, to cut yourself out of that? Pardon me? Yeah, I love the question that how you uh, how you form it. Why would you want to not to experience those great things that you still have? Right. Just a part of yourself with your ex-husband that has changed, but not the whole picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I after uh I divorced my husband, I left. Uh I there were things that I grew and 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 Oh my gosh, I went down so many uh, beautiful uh, searches for um, what could be possible in my life that um, I grew to understand my own power more than I ever knew. It was, it's a, I, I it would take a book to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, and we, and we are just, talking here so much, I think almost for an hour, but I love this conversation. This actually uh, brings us back to what you said at the beginning, spiritual maturity. Mm. How can we become better thanks to these so-called setbacks, you know, these uh, breakups, divorce, you know, sittings, but how has our partner contributed uh, to our lives? How has he or her um, helped us to become a better person and maybe to meet another beautiful soul? Exactly. Because if we choose to evolve and grow through a relationship matter, then we are more evolved for the next person that we're going to attract, which is going to be on our new level. Exactly. We, you know, the frequency that we resonate And again, you know, I'm all about communication. That's my thing. So I find that there really is a power in bringing back the lost art of the love letter. Uh, And I do, I encourage anyone in the audience, if they'd like to see my book, it's an audible, um, the actually the audible version has my, my album interspersed through it. So they'll get the music, but the title is relationship, how to write the words you really want to say by yours truly, Christine with a K grant. And in the book is a whole chapter with exercises and ways that share how you can get out of your own way, how you can move past that ego that does, you know, interrupt sometimes what really could happen, what prevents an amazing miracle, a possibility, a new sense of joy, a new life. Yeah. Yeah. How could we contact you, Christine? How could our audience find you on social media, your website? Yeah. My website is Christine, again, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, grant, G-R-A-N-T, Dot com. We are in the process of rebuilding the website, but my calendar is officially working, I believe, as of yesterday. And uh, 
I would love to um, invite anyone in your audience who would lo- who would like to just maybe um, get some pearls of wisdom from me, uh, some feedback. I'm very intuitive. We really didn't talk about that aspect of what I do, but I often, when I help somebody compose their letter, which is my absolute specialty, I mean, I'm no longer doing therapy. I do coaching and letter writing and I write songs and poetry for people, but, um, but yes, the, um, the, I can help, I can give some great feedback into what's going on within the dynamics of anyone's situation. And I'm willing to give a free complimentary 20 minute one-on-one zoom call or a phone call either way. Uh, zoom is always great with myself. If you go on to my site, I also have a, an ebook called the magic of words and uh, it's a, a free gift, will, which will give some real highlights into, an, uh, into what elements are very particular and important when you want to convey your truth, when you want to um, resolve a challenge in your relationship, when you strive for that deeper sense of love and intimacy that we talked about. Amazing. Perfect. I will definitely get these details and put it in the, share it in the podcast. (laughs) And I can't can't wait uh, to share this interview with my clients. Christine, thank you so much for being here today, joining us. And it's my pleasure to have had you here today. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. You had amazing questions and I really really appreciated the deep dive that you offered for this. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.